10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Champions! Wrexham are promoted! They have their storybook ending! Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it is now December, and these will all be pre-recorded episodes. So I will not be covering the squad, the club, for the month of December. Um, I, gen I now have a policy of taking December off from podcasting and June. So basically five months at a time I'm, I'm doing podcasts. So basically half seasons. Um, so yeah, at the end of the Wrexham season, I get another break, which is great. Um, so yeah, these are pre-recorded episodes. This one today is a review of worst case scenario, season two, episode 14 of Welcome to Wrexham. Next week's episode, we have one of the DPs, the director of photography and the drone guy, the drone operator for the show, Welcome to Wrexham, uh, Mr. Craig Hastings. Um, great episode. That one, you'll, you won't want to miss that one. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's some technical camera talk, um, which I thoroughly enjoy being a filmmaker, but uh, there are definitely some insights into what happens behind the camera and behind the scenes and how how the cameramen operate and how that all comes together. So you won't want to miss that one. Then the next week uh, will be another review episode of the final episode of Welcome to Wrexham um, of the season two uh, season. Goodness gracious. And then the week after that, my brother... I shot an interview with my brother where we talk a lot about the FA Cup. Um, he has he's been a football fan for um, I mean, like a staunch fan for much longer than I have as, as far as European League. He His team is West Ham, which we don't really get into the West Ham part of it all that much during the episode. But we do talk about. We do talk about uh, the FA Cup and how he thinks it could be improved. Um, and I know Europeans love when Americans tell them how uh, their sport could be improved. But uh, <laughs> we do it anyway because uh, it's, he actually has some pretty stinking good ideas. And I think that it would get more eyeballs on the tournament. I think it would make it feel more like an event. Um, um, anyway, I'm not going to ruin that entire episode, but uh, I think it's about 45 minute interview where we talk about the FA Cup. So you won't want to miss that one. That one's on December 24th. And then on December 31st um, will be a pre-recorded episode of me just talking about the, the whole last year of Wrexham and the year to come and, you know, just wrapping up uh, six months of me shooting this podcast. I know it's only six months of me shooting this podcast. I'm 
I'll be on episode 46 by the end of this end of this year. So it'll obviously go much more slowly uh, over the next year because generally it's once a week uh, for five months at a time. So fewer episodes. The only reason I have so many this season or this year was because I crammed in all of season one of Welcome to Wrexham reviews for every single episode there. So uh, yeah, that's why that's why there are way more episodes coming out this year than than what will normally come out in 2024. So yeah, December is going to be a great month despite this not being live. You can still follow all my thoughts and um, interactions with me and all that kind of stuff with uh, Instagram, Twitter, WXM Texan, the Wrexham Texan over on both of those. I'll still give my red hot takes. I might even go live on Instagram a couple times, uh, maybe live on Twitter. I don't know. Um, but make sure you uh, go follow me on there, subscribe to me on there, whatever you want to do um, to come along on this uh, Wrexham journey that I'm on. Uh, yeah. What a great team. What a great year. Uh, love it. All right, y'all. Um, today we are reviewing season two, episode 14, worst case scenario from the Welcome to Wrexham series. Uh, I stopped playing clips because I started getting copyright claims, which means that potentially I would not be able to make money um, on this on this podcast, which is the ultimate goal for me, uh, is to be able to have this be almost a full-time job or at least a part-time job where uh, a job that I love, where I get to talk about the team that I love um, and make a little money doing it so that I don't have to go to other things and I can focus more on the club and uh, the documentary series and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully uh, that will happen um, in the coming, in the coming years. So looking forward to that. Worst case scenario. So if you were a fan of Wrexham, if you watched the games last year, the matches last season, um, you remember this week. You remember the week leading up to the Yeovil match because it really seemed like that was going to be the clincher. Um, it really seemed like that was the one that we really, really, we could pull a Wrexham and blow it. And that game would probably be the deciding factor in that. And um, everybody was on edge. Everybody was nervous. Um, I remember, yeah, I just remember a lot of uh, intense talking and nerves uh, during that, during the week leading up to the Yeovil match. And um, yeah, and they kind of, they, they touch on that in this episode and it, they do a really good job of touching on it because it was a, uh, it was a nerve wracking time. You're just so close to the ending um, to getting promoted that the idea of missing out on it uh, in typical Wrexham fashion seems almost unbearable, uh, but seems like something that could absolutely happen. That's the funny thing is uh it's not, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, the year before we got knocked out in the playoffs, even though we were, you know, more highly ranked than um, the team that beat us, which now I forget the team that beat us. Was it Stockport? I think it was Stockport. Um, and so, yeah, you just don't want to repeat. And so they focused on that for a while. 
and then it goes into the money talks, which I'm not always, I, I think I mentioned this on a previous episode. I'm not always sold on the idea that the, the club, the only way I think the club goes insolvent and the club actually has real issues is if Rob and Ryan leave or stop doing their things outside of, outside of, uh, outside of what happens on the field. Um, and so like they do so much marketing, they get such huge advertisers. I mean, it went from E4 Williams to TikTok. I mean, that's, that's wild. That is a huge leap. And so I think the only way that like, yes, the club might technically be in the red at this moment, but in the long run, it's an investment um, in the future. And Yes, if you don't get promoted, you're going that that section of the business is going to keep losing money. But as long as you get promoted at some point, uh, the it it will end up working out for the for the squad. So, um, I I I don't see the financial stakes as a big driver for uh to. Yeah, I don't I don't see the financial stakes as a big driver for the story, especially like an emotional connection. Like, yes, uh, yes, like they would they would lose money if we didn't get promoted and they would lose all those kits, the all those kits, the the black ones that uh, they they didn't that you can't wear in the National League. And um, but in the end, the the amount of marketing they do, the amount of money they get from advertisers from from uh all their partnerships it feels like they're probably in the black already and making tons of money plus they've upped the entire value of the club which means they have that to leverage against um which is which is valuable in and of itself but they talk about how they're 4.3 million dollars in the red at the moment um and the worst case scenario is if they don't get promoted at the end of the season, they'll be $28 million in debt because they've also uh, promised a $24 million renovation to the stadium, to the Kairos. Um, and this is when they start going into all the, the sponsorships. They get, you know, Betty Buzz and Stoke and, you know, all these all these different brands to come in and and subsidize the fact that the club itself is losing money and that's the way to do it like it's not that's not unheard of it's not uh cheating or weird or um not sustainable as long as you can keep the club in the public eye keep as many eyes on it as possible you can sell that advertising space and make back the stuff that you're losing on your future investments um because there's a long-term payoff to some of these investments and some of these players um, that we've been making over the past two seasons. So um, yeah, we then go uh, over to a more touching moment. Uh, we then go over to talk about Anthony Ford's wife. And one thing that folks probably didn't know at the time, I mean, a we don't know everything like a lot of this is kept off social media and we're kept in the dark for a very long time, at least until the documentary comes out. So like I didn't know at the time that Anthony Ford's wife was sick and that was why he was gone. Um, I just heard it was personal 
issues and uh he was off you know he was off doing his own thing away from the club for six weeks or so um so you don't really get all the details but the fact that it was his wife who had a brain tumor um completely understandable why he'd want to go be with her and figure that whole thing out and so during that time it turns out that ryan reynolds paid for uh, a second opinion for for his wife and it turns out that the worst case scenario that they were expecting actually wasn't correct it uh, ended up being the best case scenario which means she i mean that, that's a hard thing to pivot that's a hard thing to change your mindset to be told one thing be preparing for all these terrible things that might happen and then to completely do a 180 where um things are looking up and you have to change your entire mindset and all of that worrying and sadness that you may have been feeling is now turned upside down. And I just imagine that that's like a complete, I don't know. It just builds up a lot. I, I, I actually, I would imagine it would open the floodgates of emotions and you'd get, just start feeling a ton of different things at that point. Um, just because I'm sure there was a lot of pent up sadness and depression um, during that time. So um, good on Ryan for, for doing that. It's, it's just yet another example of him doing what's best for the club and the community um, is, is, you know, helping out one player's wife whom they just acquired that season, whom there's no way he had, you know, he had known for very long. Um, and, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. Um, then we cut back to talking about Yeovil and this massive, massive game that's coming up. And guess who comes in town for it? The gang from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I love their uh, their little interaction uh, before, before the match and how people are pointing at him. And Rob is like, yeah, I bet they're wondering which one of us is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I thought that was great. They also had a whole conversation about, uh, how handsome soccer players are and it's, or football players, my bad, uh, football players are, and it's true. It's crazy how many handsome fellows are, are playing football. It's, it's wild. Like the, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Because here in the States, I don't know, like football is definitely the biggest sport in Europe um, and probably by a large margin, I would, I would hypothesize. I, mean, I know rugby is kind of big. Um, I can't even, I can't even think what else would be huge in Europe. I know basketball is getting bigger and I know American football is starting to seep over there. So um but I, th I think football wins by a mile. And the fact that most kids in Europe, I imagine, would want to play football. In the States, we have four different major sports that people want to go play. Um, we have American football, baseball, basketball, five, I guess, hockey and soccer. So there's, it's not going to be as concentrated with handsome dudes <laughs> in in each of the sports as it is in in football in in Europe. So uh I guess just the percentages of that make sense to me. But yeah, I love their little conversation about it. Um and the game starts 
it was an intense game. The whole first half was nerve-wracking. It was 0-0 at the end of the half. Um, Ford actually gets to play this game. He came back after six weeks of being gone and um, gets a chance on goal almost right off the bat. And it gets blocked, but um, it just shows it's just a great moment of being like, yes, he's back. He's still in form. He's going to do well for our club. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good omen, I guess. And then, uh, one of my favorite lines, uh, from <laughs> one of my favorite moments from the episode was Charlie and, uh, Charlie day and Caitlin Olson talking about how, uh, Caitlin asks like, what, what, uh, which of these positions do you play? And he's like, well, where's, where's the bench? Where's the bench? <laughs> Which I loved. And he said that he would just come off the bench and get red cards when he played football, which is freaking hilarious. And Caitlin mentions that one time her coach made her sub in for the goalie and she cried because she didn't want to play goalie, <laughs> which is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved that they were there for this match. Um, it, we've seen so many episodes where Ryan Reynolds is there by himself and this time, or, you know, by himself, not with Rob, he's there generally with other folks. Um, but this time it's Rob with his buddies that are there to watch one of the game clinching matches of the season. And one of the best moments is Glenn realizing it's, I think it's like the 52nd minute being like, you know what? It's time for me to hit the bathroom so that we can score because every single time me personally, I go get a drink in the other room or go to the bathroom. We score. And so he does that. And then right on cue, Anthony Ford drills one in the back of the net. Everyone's freaking out. It is one. Oh, we've taken the lead. We, feels like like we got the momentum we're at the stoke kairos we're at home we got the fans on our side and everything feels like it's going in our direction and um, this is an episode that does not take a twist it is absolutely going in our direction um we open the floodgates charlie day is crying um because of the emotions felt during this game it is just one big emotional uh joyous event uh and then we end up i think mullen scored the last two goals we end up winning 3-0 and that pretty much sealed it i mean i know like we haven't technically gotten promoted at this point in time but unless we do something incredibly stupid um we're going to get promoted at this point so this was such a big match to cover. I'm so glad they covered it. I'm so glad they they spent basically an entire episode talking about this and sh showing everything because it was important. And uh, after the match ended, you see Charlie Day, who I, I just love Charlie Day. I think he is a phenomenal actor. I think he can do drama as well as comedy. I mean, he was in the movie Pacific Rim, which I loved Pacific Rim. And uh, he was so much fun in that. Uh, love Charlie Day. And uh, he runs sprints 
with the guys after the game. And he's like 45, 47 years old. <laughs> he's running sprints with a bunch of footballers on a professional football team. So um, great way to end the episode. Yeah. I mean, there's really nothing bad to say about this episode. It was just so much fun. Um, the shots were beautiful. They they covered the game beautifully. After interviewing Craig Hastings, it, it uh, really shed some light on how they do it. There are moments, he mentions this in the episode, where he there are games when he's the only cameraman there, yet he still gets most of the game because of how much that dude hustles. And that is, I don't know how, I don't know how much y'all know about how camp, like, cinematography works and how shooting live events works, but that is an incredible feat because if you miss it, you miss it. Um, there's no rewinding so that you can get a second shot. So um, bravo to the cameraman and director of photography um, for, for this, this show. I mean, absolutely fantastic job. I've, I've raved about that aspect of it since day one. I think they're so good. So, um, yeah, that's it, y'all. That's worst case scenario. Great episode. Um, in a couple weeks, we'll be coming out with the final episode, which, what is that one called? Review of the final episode, which is Up the Town. <laughs> um, and, yeah, looking forward to, to that episode coming out. Um, fantastic one. So looking forward to that. Um, go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, actually just those two Instagram and Twitter WXM Texan. Um, I do some posts there. I, I chat on there. Um, I do some, uh, videos and clips and all sorts of stuff. So go follow me on there. Uh, drop a like on this video, S like share the video, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to be uh, focusing a lot more on our rumble channel soon because due to some of the other shows that my company puts out, we might be getting kicked off YouTube, um, at some point in the near future. So, um, yeah, yeah, we don't, uh, YouTube's policies are all over the place. They don't make any sense. They don't actually stick to their own policies most of the time. So if you say something and you have no idea why they they give you some general broad reason why your episode got taken down and why you have a strike and all this and um most of the time it's not specific they don't give you a specific line that you can just take out of the episode like i have no idea why my last episode from one of my other shows got got taken down but it did so um once we get that peaceful sea productions uh Rumble channel up and running. I'll let y'all know. Um, so y'all can go over there and subscribe on that instead of, not instead of YouTube, but in addition to YouTube, just in case our channel is unable to post anything for a while or forever. We'll see how it goes. Um, it would be such a bummer to lose this entire, yeah, this entire library of, of videos that I've spent 10 years putting up. So that would just be a huge bummer. So um, anyway, go follow me, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, stay tuned for next week's episode, which is an interview with Craig Hastings, the director of photography for the show. Welcome to Wrexham. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate it. Up the town.